Hi, welcome to Astrobabble. I'm Donna from Donna B Astrology. And I'm Linda from Scullywag Astrology. And we babble about astrology. And typically we're going to be going through the new moon in Cancer. And for the new moons and the full moons, we go through the mansions and we go through a crystal for the episode. So hopefully you'll enjoy it and share and like it. And then afterwards, we go through the aspects, the major aspects happening between whichever new or full moon we're doing and the next major lunation. So if this is your first time here, we'd be delighted if you liked or subscribed and uh, enjoy the episode. We'll dig right into it. All right. Um, While you're getting charged, this new moon is going to happen on the eighth moon mansion. And that is going to be just about seven degrees of cancer. And that mansion is good for um, giving medicine. It's good for water travel adornments. If it rains, it's gonna be a useful rain. It's good if you travel early, but if you end up in prison, it's (laughs) probably not a good thing. It's you're probably going to be there for a longer time than you had anticipated oh wow interesting well here's a chart for the new moon which will be on the 28th of june it's at seven degrees and 22 minutes of cancer and what do we have we have jupiter at seven degrees of aries squaring it at the time so that's squaring it by degree I believe Jupiter is just about ready to retrograde as well. I'm not sure of the exact dates, but I know it's going to station at at eight degrees, I believe. Or maybe that's where it's going to retrograde back to. Maybe it's later. I'm not 100% sure. But actually, I'm going to have a quick peek. Better to find out because if we know what it's doing, we'll have time to prepare. Yeah, 28th of July, so next month, a month after this full moon, it is going to station retrograde. Yeah, um, like only a degree away from that. So it must be slowing down at the moment, must be moving a lot slower than it usually does. That's interesting, though, because it's going to retrograde, and then when it gets back, when it stations direct again and then gets back to that... uh, seven degrees seven eight degrees um to get out of the shadow period though i don't usually look at the shadow periods so much for the outer planets because i mean they're retrograde for so long every year um but it it will be interesting to see when it travels over that degree direct again so hmm. and this is a new moon so it's about new beginnings planting seeds and uh yeah new plans So that Jupiter makes me wonder if um, some of these plans are not going to be based on reality, though. And Jupiter retrograde can be very much about losing that enthusiasm or not feeling lucky, you know, because Jupiter is associated with luck. And with Jupiter retrograde, it can seem like, you know, your luck's kind of deserted you somewhat. You might lack enthusiasm or optimism regarding subjects. So just interesting. Like I said, this square here, which is um, challenges or tension. So perhaps trying to start new things and kind of running up against roadblocks because, I mean, Saturn is also retrograde at this time. Maybe just, yeah, just going to have to stick it out. Well, maybe that Venus at seven degrees of Gemini might help it a little bit. We can Mm, cross our fingers. mm. There's always usually some kind of thing to help. Yeah. If you look hard enough. (laughs) Mm. Only problem is that that because they're in a sign that's right side by side, it's like they kind of can't see each other. Right. Yeah, um, I was hoping the Venus is going to help the Jupiter, not necessarily the moon. Oh, I get you. Oh, actually, that's a good point because there'll be a sextile. I was going to say with um, the new moon, with that uh, Venus being um, semi-sextile to it, only 30 degrees away, that the new moon wouldn't be able to see it, but it could be help that you can't see, like, almost anonymous or that you didn't 
expect help from that quarter. But yeah, no, that's a very good point about uh, Jupiter and Venus. Uh, Venus being sextile at the time, really nice. Yeah, well, they're our most benefic planets, so I always try to look to where they are. <laughs> if you're going to have it's help, a good it's, thing. It's, it's, it's from them. Yeah. Yeah. When it's dark, look for stars. Yeah. Um, the North Node very close to um, Uranus at the time. So kind of the unexpected. Expect the unexpected a little bit. It's not making... Um, like a close degree aspect to anything really there but just the fact that the north node is close to uranus at that time i mean it's four degrees away it's not hugely close but yeah it's just interesting yeah well these times are there's a whole bunch of you know new and abrupt shocking things that are going on in the in the world in general i definitely mm -hmm. feel that uh Uranus is definitely trying to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> we, we hear you, we see you, pipe down. We know you're there. <laughs> I was just looking too, because you were saying that the benefics, Jupiter and uh, Venus, sextile by degree. And I was just looking, I see our malefics are also sextile, or just about at the time of the new moon. Mars will just move past uh, sextile to retrograde Saturn. So, and we spoke about that in the last uh, episode. So I'll put a link to that. It can be uh, quite interesting. So yeah, it might be a very interesting new moon. A lot of energy. So we just have to pick the um, energy. If we're prepared for what's coming, we can use it to our advantage for good purposes as opposed to you know not good purposes that uh, mars sextile retrograde saturn at the time we spoke about how that could be quite productive but that things might take longer than we anticipated because saturn's kind of distracted by being retrograde uh it's yeah. going back over old ground so yeah that kind of ties in with that jupiter square the new moon i think yeah this these plans these new beginnings that you want to form might just take a little bit more effort and a little bit more time than you anticipate doesn't mean that it can't come together though right yeah and and you can use the you can use the malefic planets like as i was just telling you earlier we had a a huge burn pile that we were able to burn it and get rid of it appeasing uh mars and saturn so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if you know what energies are out there and you can try to work with them to have them do the best good yeah a big fire is was was exactly what we had and it was perfect yeah. <laughs> a lot of water in the area <laughs> rain before rain after yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're prepared for the energies that are coming, you can you can use them to your advantage. Oh yeah, yeah. So, with that being said, are you ready to get into? Yep. Just let me swap it out. So if you are a Cancer ascendant, this new moon is happening in your first house, which is all about you. So this is your health and vitality. So perhaps you're wanting to take more care of your health, your fitness, your just general well-being. It's also our appearance. So, you know, it could be a good time to buy new clothes. You might be uh, wanting to kind of revamp your look a little bit, or it could be something to do with how others perceive you. You might... Um, it's about image and personality and that sort of thing. So maybe you're just kind of revamping um, how you appear to the outside world. Wonderful. Yeah, a lot of a lot of changes to, to your own person mm -hmm. with it being in your second or your first house. And if you're a Gemini, this is going to be happening in your second house. And this has a lot to do with uh, your finances, your personal finances, or what you find or what you need to sustain yourself for, you know, to live has 
a lot to do with the second house and the new moon is going to, you know, you're going to be starting something. Maybe you could start a, a portfolio or, or meet up with your, you know, get your finances in order and that kind of banking stuff that you have to do might be a good time to address all those issues that you've got going on, especially if you're a uh, Gemini rising. And if you're a Taurus rising, this new moon will be happening in your third house. Your third house involves your siblings. So it could be something that's uh, new and exciting, new plans being laid uh, regarding siblings, uh, or it could be just a sibling themselves. It is also communications, it's transportation, it's our local area. So there could be, you know, new things afoot in those uh, in your local neighborhood, or it could be something like a short course, not a university course or anything like that. That would be ninth house. And if you are in Aries, this is going to be happening in your fourth house. So if you have, these are changes to your house. You could start new projects for your home which looks like a pretty good idea to do. <laughs> I'm looking at that. My mom's in Aries and she's trying to do her kitchen, get her <laughs> kitchen done. So <laughs> this might be a good time to get a little finally, uh, you know, get a, everything will come together. Um, especially with Jupiter and Mars in your first house. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, this would be time for, so it, it has to do with, you know, your, either your own home or where you come from, your lineage. You might want to, you know, decide to, you know, investigate your, your, your lineage, your, your parents, your generational, you know, the, where you come from for mm -hmm. the genealogy and stuff like that. That would work. Mm, interesting. And if you are a Pisces descendant, this is happening in the fun house, the fifth house. So this is children. So it could be new events happening with children. They could be starting out on something new. It could also be related to creativity or hobbies, socializing. It also is a house of romance. So there could be uh, romance, a new romance for some people. And uh, yeah, just fun activities. So this is a really nice house to have new beginnings in. I would, I would watch out because that Neptune is in the first house as well. So you might, <laughs> if you're gambling, because that's the gambling house, you might want to be is. real sure where your boundaries are. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And Saturn in the 12th house for them as well. <laughs> the house of their undoing. So yeah. <laughs> that could be a setup to, uh, so just be careful of that. Um, mm. but yeah, I do like that. I, you know, you, you can start new things with, uh, you know, in that fifth house. I like that. Mm. It is the house of fun. It is. I like the fifth. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, where you, it's where your games come from. I mean, gambling. It's not just gambling, like, for money. But, I mean, it would, you know, it does have a lot to do with gambling. But I don't know why you couldn't do, you know, regular board games and oh yeah yeah anything that you enjoy it's yeah what brings you joy it's it's the house of venus and it's very venus like in the topics yeah in inclusive um yeah mm. and if you are a aquarius this is going to be happening in your sixth house this um would be a good time to if you are inclined to you know, get a job where you would be of service to others, this would be a good job for that. If you are concerned about your health, this might be a good time to take up a new health regimen, whether it's, you know, always to remember to take your vitamins or, you know, whatever you do for health. It would be a good time to start something like that. A start a habit that you can really get into because that's Saturn in your first house, you know, of what we're doing <laughs> for ourselves. Um, you know, might give you some stability for that. Yeah, they often say that uh, Saturn in the first kind of can help you lose weight. And, you know, when Saturn was in my first house, you know what happened? Jupiter was there at the same time. Oh. <laughs> and Jupiter wanted to expand. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Hmm. And then if you're a Capricorn ascendant, 
this will be happening in your seventh house of your closest one-on-one -on -one relationships. So this is all sorts of relationships. It's business partnerships, it's romantic relationships, it's close friends, and it can also include client uh, relationships. If you're in a profession where you're dealing one-on-one -on -one with uh, clients quite closely, that can also be included in the seventh house. So new beginnings, it could be a new relationship or it could be a new stage in a relationship because we were talking earlier about the fifth house, how that's the house of romance. The seventh is a little bit more stable or secure or a little bit more mature than kind of just the casual dating. It's, it's a, you know, there's a form of a relationship there. There's that closeness and that. So your relationship could be setting out on something new there. You could be starting something new with a partner, whether that's a new business or it could be anything like that. You know, you could be starting some, something new with a partner or with a close friend. Also the house of open enemies. So it could be a new <laughs> enemy, <laughs> but hopefully not. Um, but yeah, just remember, you know, with uh, that square to Jupiter and that, you know, it might take longer than you anticipate. But, you know, good things uh, take time. Well, at least you're aware of it, that that Jupiter is, you know, that's that tension, you know, mm. at least you're aware of it. Yeah. And if you have Sagittarius as a rising sign, this is going to happen in your eighth in your eighth house and this has to do with um the finances of other people so it could be other people could be new financial agreements or yeah with others mm, yeah with others hmm. yeah or your spouse's uh finances yeah yeah and if you are a Scorpio ascendant, this new moon is happening in your ninth house. This is a house associated with uh, broadening your horizons. That can be through um, higher education or travel or exposure to other beliefs or cultures, religion, philosophy, uh, esoteric subjects. So there might be new beginnings to do with uh, one of those topics. And um, yeah. Maybe you're traveling, maybe you're planning to travel, maybe you just um, met somebody that's from a different country or different culture. And it's also publishing and the law. So, you know, it could be something to do with one of those matters as well. Yeah. And if Libra is your rising sign, this would be a good time. This is going to be happening in your 10th house. So to get a new job, this would probably be a good time to either start that or go out searching for it. <laughs> I'm just giggling because my, my daughter is uh, Libra Rising and she's starting her new <laughs> job during this lunation. So oh, very <laughs> it nice. works perfectly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, you'll find out that um, if you are a Libra Rising, a new job or a new position in, in a job might be uh what's coming your way mm -hmm. could be a new boss too yeah because it's the house of authorities so yeah interesting and if you are a virgo ascendant this new moon is happening in your 11th house so this is groups friends alliances those that help you it's income from the uh, job so could be a new source of income uh, it is also our hopes and dreams or our ambitions. So it could be something as simple as meeting new friends or making new friends, joining a group. Uh, it could be, you know, taking the first steps to, you know, achieve that dream or ambition that you've been working towards. I like that. Yeah. It'll be good times if you're a Virgo ascendant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Leo ascendant, this is going to be happening in your 12th house. And this house um, has got a bad rep. It's the house of bad spirit um, in the theme of Monday. 
and uh, this is the house of the hidden enemies or yourself undoing. So you could start doing things that, you know, are not good for you, or you could be secluding yourself. This is also the house of seclusion, you know, going away and cutting yourself off. So um, this might be a time where you're wanting to work you know, finishing up a, a book or, you know, something that you have to work quietly and independently on. Yeah, working behind the scenes. Yeah. And as you said, hidden hidden enemies, yeah. as opposed to your open ones in the seventh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it always amuses me that the seventh house of marriage is also the house of open enemies. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hopefully separate. <laughs> Uh, well, if you're going to argue with anybody, it's going to be your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> more more commonly than, you know, the average other person. Well, they're in your face more. So, so the aspects that we have coming on for this lunation, the first one's going to be in June 28th. We've got it. That's going to be probably the biggest day. I think of all the, of, of all the aspects. Because the first thing we have is Neptune is stationing. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, Neptune is the planet of unclear boundaries. So with it stationing, it's going to be even more unclear or things that you thought were clear are not turning out to be as clear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you said it doesn't have those boundaries it's just kind of almost limitless and it's dissolving and just very nebulous very it's hard Ethereal, to see dreamy mm. well it can be it can be romantic and idealistic and it can be it's associated with like the silver screen movies and photography and all that sort of thing so you know it's not all negative but and I mean, that dreamy kind of blissed out state, certainly. But yeah, there's also the negative, like, you know, deception, lying or, or delusion, self-delusion. What am I not seeing? So, but with the planet slowing down, it's going to get really slow because I mean, it's a slow planet anyway. It takes about 14 years to get through a sign. I'm not sure how many more years it has in Pisces. It's going to station retrograde. Is it on actually the 28th that it's stationing? Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it'll first start stationing the 27th because that's a red station, I think. So it's maybe a few days before, maybe like the day before. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be retrograde for about five months. Neptune's retrograde for about five months every year. And during that five-month period, it's only going to move backwards uh, about three degrees, back to about 22 degrees. Uh, so wherever you have Pisces in your natal chart is an area of your life. The topics associated with that house might have you kind of questioning things. It's like, I thought I believed this or I thought I knew this. But here comes Neptune. And it's like, really? Do you? <laughs> you know, um, just kind of blur that line. <laughs> and it can do that. And Donna and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. We were, I was looking at this book, Retrograde Planets by Erin Sullivan. And she was saying that it, it can do that. But I think it really probably needs to be aspecting a natal planet for you to really feel it. I mean, all the planets, like from Jupiter out, are retrograde every year for, you know, usually four or five months. So this happens, you know, this is half of half of the time these planets are retrograde. So, and I mean... Yeah, you don't you feel them don't... As, as, as deeply as you feel when Mercury is in retrograde. Yeah, yeah. But um, but then again, you know, Mercury's retrograde three times a year for like three weeks, and then we add in the extra time for the shadow period. But but I mean, Mercury is just kind of like those snafus and that. I think these trans-Saturnian planets, 
they're kind of like probably deeper, more internal issues, you know. You're not grappling with, oh, you know, the phone has stopped working or my car broke down. It's kind of like, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> you know, yeah. do I really like, for example, in this chart, uh, Neptune's in the second house, you know, that person might be dealing with, oh, you know, do I own my possessions or do my possessions own me? That sort of thing could be going on. But yeah, unless it's happening over a natal planet, you might not feel it as much. So if you have planets from, say, 20 to about 27 degrees of Pisces, you probably be like a little bit confused at this time. <laughs> but that also applies for those degrees, 20 to 27. If you've got planets there in Neptune, Neptune in um, Virgo or Sagittarius or Gemini as well, because they're opposite and square those degrees. Yeah. But, you know, you've got your sextiles and your trines as well. So if you've got planets anywhere from, you know, 20 to 27, you might be feeling this during this time. For sure. I like that, that, um, or wondering if, if, if what you actually think is, are your possessions aren't necessarily, or do they own you? Yeah, that's really good. Pick mm, up on that yeah. one. You know, and I mean, like, for example, if it was in your seventh house, so if you were, say, a Virgo ascendant, this would be happening in your seventh house, you know, so that can be kind of really, like we were saying, you know, Neptune, it can be idealistic and romantic, and it could be like, oh, you've had this fantastic time with your partner or significant other but it can also be deception and uh, disillusionment. So, you know, this could be a time where it's like, oh, you know, they're not that great after all, or, you know, or maybe you just might be rethinking things. It's, it's hard to say. Um, but from what I can gather from this book, and to be honest, I've only just skimmed it, it kind of, it makes you reevaluate or kind of it can kind of come along and kind of make you it makes you unsure of what you were sure of question so, everything yeah yeah but not not in a kind of a kind of come up and shove you and kind of say hey like Uranus does or kind of in a traumatic way like Pluto does but like kind of like a that you know like when people kind of like there's just these whispers and, you know, it's just kind of like, it's a feeling more than anything I would imagine, but maybe I'm just getting a bit woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got Mercury in Pisces, so I get like that sometimes, but um, yeah. Could be. So mm -hmm. moving on to the next aspect, we have the sun squaring Jupiter. Yeah. Um, yeah. We yeah. talked about this, you know, cause it is, cause Jupiter is squaring the, the whole, the whole you know unit of the new moon the moon yeah. and the sun but the sun um squaring or yeah the sun squaring jupiter you know could the other aspect could be power struggles with uh you know or or the need to to want power hmm, interesting yeah with jupiter and the sun or spending more than you should Hmm. Yeah, and Jupiter does like to be a little bit extra, doesn't it? <laughs> extravagant. Jupiter likes to be extravagant. And so when you've got the sun in there, to shine it, that can happen. Hmm. I kind of, you know, you've got that new moon, so new beginnings, new starts. I think that square is kind of being a little bit overly optimistic. You know, you've got these grand plans, but, you know, maybe it's going to come as a bit of a shock just what's involved it's interesting when you were talking about Jupiter just before it reminded me that Jupiter can be a little bit I want to say condescending but kind of a little bit snooty and a little bit kind of holier than thou or like that they know better uh it can be a little bit like that at times it's in Aries which I don't necessarily think of Aries as being a sign that's like holier than there or anything like that, but 
they are a hothead and they could think that they know better. So it just makes me wonder, like with some of these new beginnings, it might be almost a reaction to, well, I'm going to show them, you know, they've been told or, you know, somebody wants them to do something a certain way. It's, well, I know better. I'm going to start it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to show them. And, you know, maybe they will. But, yeah, it's, you know, but, I mean, it's a benefic. It's a greater benefic. It's not going to be overly malefic, I don't think. But, you know, there can be that kind of superiority complex. Uh, Absolutely. Or on the other end, kind of, you know, underestimating how much is going to be involved. Moving on, we can go with the um, aspect of Jupiter is going to sextile Venus, which is a really nice um, aspect because you have you have two of the um, benefic planets, you know, in conversation with each other. I like it. Um, I like it for health reasons. If you're going to do something, anything that you're going to do for a positive, you know, result is a good thing to do it when you've got both the malif or both of the benefics you know talking to each other in conversation so i do yeah. i do layouts with with those as well i would do yeah anything that and anything that you know would be would be a positive like even getting married you know you would want the two positive things happening in and in conversation yeah yeah and i mean that's a fun uh they're in fun signs too they're in young active signs jupiter in aries and venus in uh gemini, gemini. yeah so it's a nice fun activity uh we're talking previously about that jupiter square the new moon and now, that could be problematic, but Donna brought up that, you know, Venus is there to kind of help kind of soften or bonify that Jupiter. And it is in the house, it's in aversion to the new moon. So the new moon kind of can't see it. It's kind of got blinders on. But, you know, it could be like outside help that you kind of weren't expecting or unexpected help, perhaps. But yeah, Jupiter, Venus, it's a nice combination. Yeah. And a sextile, you know, that kind of an aspect is, is, is always beneficial. And so the next one we have a couple of days later, uh, July 1st, and that is Mars is squaring Pluto. <laughs> and, and that is, that is, that can, that can be, you know, major boom. Um, you know, if you have dreams that you want to, you know, push forward, this is a good aspect to have with that. You know, with the Pluto is transformational, Mars gives you that drive. This would be a good day to um, advance your dreams. Yeah, not necessarily going to be easy, though. You know, it is a, a square, so it's tense and it's... Yeah causing friction but sometimes we need those um squares and oppositions to actually make us move the sextiles and trines can be very very comfortable but sometimes you know you're gonna you know get up and do something you need to be made a little bit uncomfortable so yeah right right yeah you don't move your hand off of the hot pot unless you until you <laughs> you 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 feel pain not that this is going to be you know painful but you do move when you're motivated um, by a square or by attention. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's really hard to say. It will depend on everybody's individual chart. But yeah, this is tense. This is could be quite explosive. Mars is an Aries, which is a combative sign. It's combustible. It's, you know, quick flare-ups that... Pluto is transformative. It could be just niggling aggression or it could be, you know, you can take this job and shove it. It just depends. But definitely tension, potential to be quite explosive. 
but you know like donna was saying earlier if you know the energies of the planet sometimes that can help you can kind of harness them a little bit but yeah if you can put that mars to some productive use it might uh, go easy or easier right it gives you the drive that mars is is there to you know to light that fire under you to get you to move so hopefully yeah. it moves you in a positive way <laughs> that's the key is if you can see <laughs> these if you can see these these planets that you know have a malefic tone to them if you can if you can you know start to use that you know in a more positive way you're gonna be a lot better you know getting that advancement yeah. that's what those planets do yeah that um yeah i, I still don't like it <laughs> well there are there are there is a reason to be cautious that's for sure mm. Uh, and Pluto is in the superior position. So, yeah. Yes. Whatever Mars represents in your chart might be, and, you know, depending on what houses it um, represents in your chart. So that's wherever Aries and Scorpio are in your chart. You know, maybe there's some transformation coming at that time kind of, not necessarily that you were necessarily looking for it, but it might be happening anyway. Yes, it's going to happen anyways, because the planets do try to move you into a, a new lesson almost all the time, almost daily. <laughs> so uh, let's see, on the next day, we have uh, Mercury is going to trine Saturn. That is a great time for a good talk. Saturn is retrograde. I'd be cautious about that. Um, so it's not going to act as you would normally expect Saturn to work, which is be, you know, for being very stable. Um, mm -hmm. I think this might be when you see more of the trickster activity of Saturn, especially when it's, you know, in cahoots with uh, Mercury with mercury oh. and mercury and saturn training yeah i uh i moved it too far forward i was looking at pluto yeah. um i'm obsessed <laughs> <laughs> so yeah mercury saturn good for planning um maybe not as good as you would hope because that saturn is retrograde at the moment uh maybe a good time to go back over old plans that need um you know refining yeah mercury is very good at getting down to the nitty-gritty so making sure all the i's are dotted and the t's are crossed mm -hmm. yeah 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 and so and, and this has a lot to do with the uh, next aspect we have coming up and that's going to be mercury is squaring uh neptune you know and Mercury is that planet of communication and the process and how everything works. And Neptune is like, you know, let's just wash over it and, you know, it'll be a broad line and, and nothing is too detailed. And that's going to probably cause tension. Could also even be um, just deception. Could be somebody actually lying to you. Yeah. It could be um, inaccurate news, rumors. It could be even kind of self-delusion. Um, I know I spoke about that with um, Neptune and the sun not long ago, but like, you know, Mercury is also our thinking as well as our communications and that. So your thinking might not be um, as on point as you think. You know, you might be kind of ignoring or not seeing something. So that's something to watch out for. It could just be faulty thinking and it could be just that you're daydreaming. Yeah. I mean, it's dreamy and communi dreamy communication. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's a square, so it, it's going to cause problems, <laughs> but um, it's going to cause interesting. probably action. Mm, mm. But interesting that there's that trine at the same time to Saturn. So Mercury wants to, 
get this all nailed down and to be have all the details correct but i think that uh neptune's a fly in the ointment well probably not a good day to you know make hard and fast plans but it would be a good day to lay back and daydream mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> that's i think that's good for good energy for that one mm -hmm. And then, so the next aspect we have is going to be Mars going into Taurus, okay? And when Mars moves into another sign, this happened last time Mars moved, when Mars moved into uh, Aries, we had a, a major shooting here in Texas. Um, and I always say anytime a planet moves from you know, assign into another one, it's a pretty significant event. And with Mars, you know, it just screams that something could happen with uh, Uranus in that same sign. So something shocking, because, you know, anytime a planet is co-present with another one, they kind of get that, that vibe of whatever's in there, where with Mars, in with Jupiter, it made a big event. This might be a shocking and more of a shocking, you know, out of the blue kind of event with, yeah. with, with Neptune. And I know I didn't we do for the for the Aries ingress. And I said something about water. And was there something in the earth sign? Oh, where there was a poisoning of water. Um, I had said. And I'm wondering if, you know, the, with the food, I associate Taurus with, with the food and the land. You put yeah, Mars I do in remember there. that now. Yeah. Um, so we had, we had a big um, formula shortage, like baby formula shortage with yeah. the water and the poisoning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we um, heard about that here. Actually, I believe um, one of our big companies have sent formula over for you <laughs> well we but, all um, we, our, our babies appreciate it because you know when when you don't when you have a baby that can't eat um oh exactly dairy products mm -hmm. and you need formula it's it's you can't you yeah. know babies typically just don't eat like you know 10 different things that's it you know it's they only yeah. eat one thing yeah it was it's 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 crazy so you know with the mars and the uh and and taurus just that gives me bad vibes yeah donna was talking about a planet being uh co-present with a planet so it's in the same sign it's like they're in the same house it might have different rooms might be a big house it's 17 degrees away at the moment but you know sometimes they're going to both be in the kitchen at the same time or but yeah that's what that co-present is Mars is in detriment in this sign. It's ruled by Venus. And Venus is kind of like the antithesis of Mars. Venus is all about affection and bringing things together and love and affection and beauty. Whereas Mars is about war and violence and action. And yeah, so Mars isn't as comfortable as he you well certainly not as comfortable as he was in Aries when he was right running around having fun now he's in Venus's lair reminds me of I believe there's a famous painting of Mars with Venus and you know he's uh how can I put this <laughs> I think he's um resting <laughs> after um having had some fun with Venus, but no, it's Venus, particularly Taurus. Taurus is a very sensual and it can be very slow. And, you know, these aren't things that we associate with Mars. Mars is not in his element here. So, you know, can be a good it doesn't thing. mean that he can't work, but he's kind of, he's going to have to watch his P's and Q's. He's going to have to you know, put on a nice suit. He can't have his fighting uniform on. He's got to be presentable and he's got to kind of behave. And it's, 
it's not comfortable for him. Yeah. No. Which is going to be interesting, particularly getting up to that uh, conjunction with Uranus, which must be later next month, I imagine. Yeah. I would definitely be anticipating some kind of shocking, separating, burning thing going on. <laughs> yeah. And like, this isn't like where he can act kind of to his own accord. He's kind of, he's constrained. So it's going to make him cranky. And then, you know, it's just going to be like, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. And then the other planet on the same day. So, you know, whatever happens with Mars, um, Mercury is moving into Cancer on the same, yeah. at, on, it's happening on, on literally the same day. So when Mercury is going into Cancer, you know, you're talking, you know, Mercury is all about, you know, the communication. Cancer is the sign of tides and water. Big news. Because those, those Mars and Mercury are now, are they're forming into a, a sextile there. Yes. So, yes. Or they will be certainly soon. But just just Mercury going into Cancer. As I always say, journal anytime a planet moves from one sign into another, because those are usually very significant days. Mercury in Cancer. Let's see. It's going to be in there with the sun. Not a bad, not not a bad planet to be in the same sign with. And Mercury is never far from the sun, anyways. What twenty eight degrees from the sun? Yeah, yeah. So it's I was just looking at that. He's he's going into the beams, though. He's going under the beams. He's not going to be as visible because when a planet kind of gets too close to the sun, the sun actually kind of just hides it because it's too bright. So Mercury moving into Cancer, this is a cardinal water sign. So water signs tend to be emotional. It's cardinal, so it wants to take action. Uh, but it's kind of going to feel like it's not being heard, I think, while it's uh, in this sign. It will actually have its superior conjunction. Looks like it must be about, must be around about the time of the full moon. I wonder. Probably. Yeah, in about 15, yeah. 14 days, yeah. Yeah, so probably around about the time of the full moon, it'll have it its will be conjunct. conjunction. Hmm. So, and it'll be Kazemi then, which does tend to kind of give it, some people like to say extra power, but we kind of learned, me and Donna did a horary course, and we learned that Kazemi can be very much like a man who's been very sick, and he's kind of come through the worst of it. And now he's kind of on the road to recovery, but he's not necessarily 100% yet. You know, if you've been really sick and you turn that corner, it's like, okay, you're not coughing and whatever it was that, you know, whatever the symptoms were. But sometimes it takes a couple of weeks to get your strength back to what it was if you've been, um, you know, quite sick. And that's kind of a little bit like that Kazemi. So... Yeah, I kind of, I think this is going to be, I think, hurt feelings in some cases, you know, feeling like people aren't listening to you because, you know, it's going to be under the beams for a long time. Maybe good idea, probably, when is this? This is the fifth, maybe round about mid-month or whenever that Kazemi is, great ideas perhaps. But yeah, maybe don't expect everyone to cheer and think you're, you know, some you genius have the formula. or something. <laughs> <laughs> you may not yeah. have the formula or, or people might not think that you have the formula. Mm -hmm. mm. It might take till uh, it gets far enough away from the sun, though it should be moving pretty quick. So maybe it won't take that long to get uh, out from under the beams and Yep. And then, um, the, yeah. And right after that, the, uh, that the aspect that it's going to make is Mercury is sextiling Mars. So that is yeah. aggressive speech. That could be one of them. It could also be a drive to 
get a, a process done. If you're if you're working on like how to do, you know, erect a building, you know, you first you put the floor in, then you put the the walls up, and then you put the ceiling on. You know, you can't, you know, mm -hmm. Mercury is going to help with the with the process. That Mars is going to give that quick thought, but that Mars is kind of lazy in Taurus. He's kind of like, hmm, you know, and Mercury's under the beams. It's kind of like, hmm, nobody cares. Nobody listens. <laughs> or hurry up and plant and watch it grow. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you've got great ideas at this time, try not to let it discourage you, you know. You might not feel like you have the energy to kind of follow through on it, but nothing, nobody says that you necessarily have to do it right now, hopefully. Take your time, bide your time till uh, Mercury's out from under the under the beams. Yeah, well, perhaps. it is moving direct. Um, yes, and, and it will be moving fast. And so the next aspect that we have is Mercury is going to square Jupiter. Wow, that's quite a few days afterwards. What's that? Four days afterwards. Yeah. So Jupiter must be really slowing down at that stage because that's the degree it's going to station. So that's really interesting too. Oh, yeah. Because whenever a planet is, is changing a direction, is significant. And then when it's aspecting a planet, in another, it's the planet that it's aspecting is trying to say, hey, don't forget my message you know it's like across the room it's like you know while you're going to go while you're going to go um retrograde remember i said this mm. yeah i think this fits in with the theme of mercury feeling uh a bit put out that nobody's listening to uh to it yeah that jupiter is kind of kind of going to be lacking a little bit of enthusiasm i think in a normal situation without either of them being retrograde, I would think this would be um, pie in the sky thinking. You know, it's it's a great idea, but it doesn't actually have, um, you're not necessarily willing to do the work or you're too optimistic. It's, you know, you're thinking everything's going to be cruisy and it's not. And, yeah, I think, I think Mercury's going to be a little bit, I want to say depressed <laughs> but I think just um feeling un unvalued not heard and that uh, Jupiter I think is it's slowing down it's in Aries so it's pretty sparky but um I think it's gonna lose some of that enthusiasm and that Brie is uh aggressive as as Mars has been yeah yeah well Jupiter's kind of Jupiter retrograde I mean and it isn't retrograde quite yet so maybe at this time it will be over enthusiasm you know like you have this great idea and you think, oh my god that's brilliant and I'll do that and da, da 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 but then later on after Jupiter does station retrograde which I think we said was the end of was it July end of the month by the time it uh, stations retrograde you know, maybe you've run up into a couple of obstacles and, you know, maybe something else needs your attention. The enthusiasm, the optimism, the uh, even generosity uh, associated with those thoughts might just need to take a back seat. Yeah. I'm kind it's of depressing, be, aren't I? <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It, it you know, it, you have, these are the energies and how you decide, you know, how you're going to play them is, you know, actually what this whole episode's about. I mean, you have these energies coming at you and you can either, you know, get ready to, to, to lay out the blanket and stretch out in the sun and, and enjoy the day or, you know, put that drive and get the Jupiter and Mercury working together and do something big. You know, it's, and I mean, this this is going to be different for everybody. It's not going to be exactly yeah. the same. These are the energies happening at the time, but in your individual chart, it's going to be in different houses. And then, if you've got like 
planets at these degrees. So, for example, that Jupiter is going to be on my sun. So it's probably going to affect me. Like, have you got anything at eight degrees, Aries? Or no, uh, Cancer? So it'll probably affect me more than Donna, for example. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's probably what maybe a day or two that it will be an effect for everybody. And like I said, it will depend on where it is in your chart. But if it's aspecting a natal point in your chart or natal planet, it's probably going to be much more like, oh, that's what that means. <laughs> or like, yeah. oh, that was fun, you know. Right, right. Because your chart is your natal promise. So if these planets are, you know, trying to make contact with your natal chart, it's going to impact you, you know, more. And it might be your time to, you know, enjoy the sun or it, it might be your time to get something done. You know, it's, it's so it really, it does depend. And if you do have, like Linda said, if you have, if you have planets that are you know, at those degrees, you're going to feel it way more than anybody else. Mm. I'm just looking too that uh, Uranus is uh, getting closer to that no, North it's... Node as well too. So that that surprise <laughs> element is uh, getting, getting closer bigger as well. Mm. Getting mm. bigger. So yeah. the next one <laughs> is, you know, the next one is the Sun sextiling Uranus. Yeah. That's kind of fun. That will be, I would suspect, sh more shocking. I would, or 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 new ways. I, you know, with uh, somebody was saying that. Um, oh, I was it was it Chris Brennan? Um, a while while back when Uranus first went into Taurus. Mm -hmm. Um, about new foods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would think, you know, that would be a time to do, you know, the new foods or, or new ways of making foods. I, we're losing, our, well, <laughs> I was going to go into our other news. We're losing a lot of birds here with avian flu. Oh, they've oh, had to kill like good. entire farms of birds and it's, it's horrible. But I wonder if anything's going to happen with that, you know, or there's going to be some news with that because, you know, Taurus is is known for you know the land and things that come from the land so that's why that's what made me think of the land yeah no that's that's really interesting for example like one of my my daughter's vegan has been for probably I don't know five or six years and I've got another kid that kind of sometimes vegan you know and, and it's amazing even over these past six or seven years just since I've you know, been observing that and just hearing them talk about it, how much variety there is in vegan foods these days. Once upon a time, it was so much more. And now it's they can get ice cream and kind of custard and, and all these things, which is really good, you know, when you're having family celebrations and that, you know, they can have those things. But, you know, if meat and or birds and all that sort of thing if a lot of these things are kind of not available you know these what do they call it plant food things might need to be maybe more of us will be eating it not because we choose to be vegan but because you know our options are lower or less or Could fewer be. I can never get that right so fewer or less I don't know <laughs> Could be. Um, that's just, that's just one of the things with, uh, the sun sextiling Uranus. Um, but Uranus has a lot to do with that shock and surprise. And mm -hmm. so I would not be shocked <laughs> or surprised to, um, you know, have more abrupt things happening in your life. Yeah. I'm hoping that that, uh, sextile is a little bit more positive we've spoken in the past about how sometimes sextiles and trines just make it easier for um the outer planets to kind of cause mischief kind of takes away the barriers makes it easier for them but i'm i'm thinking this is kind of you know just just being open to change 
um, looking for something a little bit more innovative. This is only going to last a day or so. You know, maybe shaking your routine up a little bit. Yeah. That would be the energy of Uranus for sure. But, but you know, that uh, North Node is getting very close to that that uh, Uranus. So that's a little bit concerning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. And then we have what the following day is Venus trines Saturn and then Mercury will sextile Uranus. And we'll have the full moon. So do we want to say that that's going to be the full moon in Capricorn? Yeah. Well, let's do Venus uh, trying Saturn first. Okay. So I think that can be positive. It's um, possibly good for relationships. That Saturn is retrograde, which does complicate matters a little bit. But I think it kind of brings some stability to relationships. Yeah, it, it offers self-control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this isn't um, a madly romantic aspect. This is uh, companionship. You know, this is this mature, is the long term mature love. It's that yeah, it's that um, that stick to itiveness. Saturn is in uh, a fixed sign. Mm -hmm. Venus is in a friendly, flirty sign. <laughs> she certainly is, but you know, that doesn't mean that she might not uh, appreciate um, someone a little bit more stable. You know, uh, Saturn is retrograde though, so. Yeah. So I have a, do you have any more to add to that? Because I do have a stone. Okay. The stone I have is a rainbow moonstone. Ooh. This is a feldspar mineral. Um, it's actually a potassium aluminum silicate and it has it's the it's the crystal system is prismatic and monoclinic so it's a Mohs hardness of a six to a 6.5 it's a feldspar and it's you can kind of see in in well actually um there, here's a tumble one they have kind of like a um like a, a, a glisten or a, here's a peach moonstone, which this, all right. Oh. They're for balance, the moonstones, obviously, because the the moon is, is in charge of um, balancing the tides here. <laughs> this is a really cool one. Um, this is gray, <laughs> but it's kind of got that, it's almost like a like labradorite has um how it's built is in like layers and so you're actually looking at the layer below the surface it's really pretty um you said it had a mose hardness of 6.5 to 7 or something that means it's quite hard doesn't it yeah so a 6 to a 6.5 um yeah, I think this is my first ever moonstone that I ever, ever got. Mm -hmm. You can kind nice. of see it's it's almost like it's the, like the layer underneath. And this can be found in Burma, Australia, India, the United States, Madagascar, and Sri Lanka. Um, mm. It works with the intuition and balance. So that's a this is a tumbled rainbow moonstone. But you can almost catch that blue. That it's it, and and what you're looking at is like underneath, because it, mm -hmm. it kind of almost forms like in layers, a lot like a labradorite. This has it. You can almost oh, okay. see the layers. Yeah, like how this yeah. one particularly formed. Mm -hmm. But that is the moonstone. And I thought you know for. Yeah, full moon, moon. In, in cancer would be a great time to do a moonstone so that's what i have it works with yeah, the wind cool. element 
that the rainbow moonstone has works with the uh, the second in the in the in the crown chakra. The other ones, like if you do the um, that's peach moonstone. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of them, mm -hmm. and they're more of that peachy color. Um, those I would do more for the you know sacral and you know balancing the female hormones. That would be the other thing is female hormones with the uh, moonstone. That one is it's prettier. It's prettier than it, this is showing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. And I will have an article ready um, that you can put in the description. In the description. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I have I have them all photographed. That's my biggest thing is taking a picture, finding a place to take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because I want to give you guys, um, you know, with a sense of what, what they do look like. But that is the Moonstone. Excellent, excellent. And that's the end of that episode. So Miss Donna, where can people find you? Um, you can get a hold of me at my website, donnabeastrology.com. Um, that would lead you to uh, my email address is donnabarconsulting at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me either way or on Facebook. I'm there <laughs> as well. So yeah, that's yeah. probably the best way. If you need to get a hold of me like quickly, um, because if you need to get a hold of me quickly, I at least check my Facebook, try to at least once a day. But like if I do horary, electional, um, as I was saying, when I, you know, I do crystal layouts for uh, he supportive healing and yeah, natal readout, natal readings year in advance. I do that. Yeah, that's, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. And how can people <laughs> get a hold of you, Linda? I'm at Scullywag Astrology. That's astrology.scullywag.com. I've always got to stop and think about that. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, I'm doing um, natal readings. I'm doing relationship readings and year ahead. So yeah. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a, a great month that we have or fortnight that we have coming up yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting it will be thank you very much for tuning in and if you like the content please share like subscribe and all those help us um comment mm -hmm. or comment yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah that would be good I was thinking about that and thinking what we should ask them to comment. Actually, maybe if you know what your ascendant is, or if you don't, like Donna said, you can contact Donna or me and we can uh, let you find out what the ascendant sign is. And that way, when you listen to your horoscope, it just makes it so much more accurate. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. thank so you. thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>